0: Hi, you have reached part two of the first episode of the Champagne Comedy Podcast. Now, the reason why there's part one and part two is we all needed a toilet break, so we've just inserted it here. So if you've downloaded this one and you haven't listened to part one, I suggest you go back and listen to part one right now before you continue on with this part two. If you already listened to part one, thank you so much for continuing on. Please enjoy the rest of episode one of the Champagne Comedy Podcast. The Olympics were about to happen. Um, Barcelona, 92. And uh, so they were going to show the new Olympic uniforms for Australia. And Santo and Jane are out in the field. Jane looks like she was, you know, really pumped up on steroids. <laughs> and uh, Santo had his barley t-shirt barley. with Salona <laughs> on it. And, and, and yeah, he
1: had Jason doing his best um, uh, news report on impression as well. Yes.
0: Yes. But uh, what was that the 100 metres about or running? <laughs> I can't remember that one. It well, was no, quite no. funny. It
1: was, that it was, it was the 100 metres about that uh, Santo was uh, doing. Yeah. It was, he but, was uh, so but... great
2: in his ug boots and then he switches to thongs to run that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: And uh, that was pretty much the end of the news desk. And
1: uh, oh, 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 almost. I, I think you you uh, skipped. A, there was an item about the Exxon Valdez oil spill.
2: Yeah, that was the one we were talking about before with that elaborate oil in the station wagon set which was just just really cracked me up. I thought, wow, this stud guy has set that up for hours.
3: <laughs> Aaron <laughs> and Boquette, and I, I assume, did that. And uh, it's like and a yeah. kind
2: of a pissy, da- daggy joke, but the oil coming out of the station wagon. And again, like the Pope's bum, they constantly flashed back to that moment in the clips over the credits and stuff.
1: <laughs> and and it, it, yeah, it did get a really good reaction from the audience when, when, when they see the, the big slick coming out at the back of the station wagon. Yeah. And the, the, the other thing I, I kind of like about that short sketch is that Mick is playing the, the, the captain in there, but he's, he's not doing anything to sort of hide that it's just Mick. Yeah, like he's like he's he's not putting on an uh, American accent, you know. It's it's just it's it's him, um, you know, with a you know three day growth and uh, a, a tie that's not tied all the way, and they they just they they must have woken him up from wherever he was the night before and just stuck a captain's uh, hat on him and just make, makes makes no um, uh, um, change to
0: it. Yeah, there's a few times down the track of the seasons you've noticed that Mick just turns up, doesn't really give a shit and doesn't yeah. mind, so that's really <laughs> it. You'll see those in a few dinner party sketches down the track. So <laughs> the next part of it after the news desk was the first, I guess, produced sketch, oh, other than the same dream, but uh, here we go, uh, the Hardly Permanent Building Society, the old fart and polyester slacks. And he yeah. t- he
1: talks. he talks about... Uh, the bank account only fifteen percent interest. I would kill for fifteen percent interest. Uh, <laughs> right about now, oh, yeah. <laughs> like like I've, I, my my brother and I have been looking um, uh, at uh, term deposits, and sort of, you're not able to get anything above two.
3: Yeah, mm, you, that's you, generous. Back in like the eighties, you used to be able to get very high interest rates like that, but you just don't mm. get that anymore. Yeah. Well, would you like to know a fun fact about the actor James Condon, who plays the the man from the hardly permanent building society? I'd love to. Uh, go on. Okay. Here, this. Thank you. Thank you to IMDb for this. Um. He is actually <laughs> the of Anne Haddy, who played Helen Daniels in Nasus. Oh, Of oh. course. Yeah. And and also he died in 2014. So rest in peace, James Condon. Yeah, well, he
2: was very good at swinging golf clubs into the back
4: of his station wagon. <laughs> <laughs> he, it, he'll be forever remembered for that. Yeah, well, I, I definitely enjoyed it, and I and I think it's uh, the type of thing that you you see nowadays in the in this daytime TV the really bad ads for real insurance and these
1: oh these god yes talking about
4: yeah. oh I think I need some life insurance. Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> man's yeah, got you, one of those. I, oh,
1: yeah, let's if if let's call them now. <laughs> yeah. If 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 they were doing a late show nowadays, yeah, it would definitely be those two-minute mm. um, acting lessons uh, that, that appear during the daytime on a digital multi-channel, definitely.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, and, well, now this one's a bit weird. So the next segment, which they mm. did, was uh, Santo and Jane presenting directly to the camera. And in the back there was a display for all their jokes and everything else like that, uh, talking about the new jesus book i guess by dr thiering about the dead sea scrolls and uh, yeah this was
2: a fascinating sketch wasn't it it was like um something that you they would have put in in their book you know it's like a it's a classic comedy book um bit of material it doesn't play very well as live tv it's you know too text-based and too many visual gags but a bit also um i guess this is almost where i wondered if they got that criticism for being undergraduate, you know, that crappy criticism that they would get at the time from yeah. you know, old farts, basically. Um, it's, 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 it's,
1: not, it's not such a bad premise, though, because, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's only brought about just because that book came out. But it, it's, it's essentially like, what if the Dead Sea Scrolls were like today's papers? Yeah. I think it might yeah. go a little something yeah. like this. And it, you know? let, let's list all the
3: jokes we can on the Bible as a tabloid newspaper. And and it, it basically, it feels like, you know, as Pree was saying, it's like they're rattling off all of these jokes without thinking about how this could be really, you know, funnily presented on television. And and I think they're still kind of learning how to do it. Yeah. And mm. it, it yeah. doesn't quite work really. it's not It's not a great sketch, I would say. Yeah, and again, this is not something that you ever
2: see again. This is just, just a first episode, first series kind of moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was one it, of
3: those they jokes they realised it didn't work, and they just thought, "We'll never do this again." And probably a good call on that.
2: But well, one thing I think it really does illustrate is that thing I was saying before. It's really dense. I mean, if this is a if this is a lull in you know funny proceedings, it's not un um, you know. It's still good, is what I'm trying to say. It's, it's sort of like, wow. If this is a bad moment, it's a good bad moment, you know. And
0: yeah. yeah. My favorite yeah. But, joke is uh, all that sketches. It's a savior. That's my little. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I've used that once or yeah. in the past, and uh, yeah, it never really hits the mark. It's it's a
1: it's a a, a good gag to to go add on, and yeah, they they, they say uh, yeah, born. <laughs> Uh, 25th of December, the year zero.
5: Yeah.
1: (laughs) the child born to Joseph and Mary of Nazareth, despite some complications during the delivery, staff at the local inn has uh, described the baby as being in a stable.
5: And
0: and cue shit-scared straight after that. The first shit-scared for the (laughs) the series, which uh, involves Rob jumping out away from a truck while blindfolded.
2: And this is our first best bit, isn't it?
0: I did yeah. pretty much, yeah.
2: Yeah, and it really is. I I just, watching this again and I'm struck with the, how golden this is. It's like mm. just such magic performances actually. <laughs> like, And also um, the hand, this is the first time I think we see the handheld thing out and about on location. And for 1992, that was really kind of, you know groundbreaking we'd never really seen that before I mean later on we happens all the time but it was like wow look look what they've done on their own you know on a rainy day <laughs> down in Hyatt okay. you know like yes. yeah,
3: this, this is shot at the, um, I was gonna go. say this is this is shot at the ABC's set workshop in Hyatt I think is that right
2: yeah it's not there anymore it's an office works but yeah it used to be a ABC area
4: yeah, Well, I was going to say it's it's raining there. Did they have to wait very long to actually film Mick uh, jumping up in those puddles? When well, I thought oh, I was Melbourne, it, it rains pretty much every day. I, I sort of, fi- I point. sort of
3: figured <laughs> that they. I figured that they'd scheduled to record it on that day, and then it it rained, and then they just kind of had to adapt the filming to deal with the rain. and And I suspect the bit when Mick jumps through the puddles is something they've just improvised on the day. You know, I, I, that's, yeah. I was just—that was the thing that was blowing me away. Like the yeah. timing in that
2: moment, like it was just such a great performance. It made me wonder about their process, like what you know, whether yeah. they rehearsed so it's, it's, it's to how much
1: or, was scripted versus
2: yeah. improvised in that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
4: I think it must yeah. have been a mixture, and and they just worked so well together that it just all came naturally on the day. And
2: and, and I think I also I love I love it. Tom as well. He's really quiet. Talented in that because you know, you most of the time you're just watching Robin Mick. But really, Tommy is very funny as well. He's got the this amazing yeah. timing, and it feels like he's talking directly to Santo at sometimes behind the camera. And I just there, mm-hmm. yeah, it really is. I, I had I wrote down this disgusting word, which was re-watchability. <laughs> because <laughs> I think you can watch this yeah. um segment of shit scared over and over again, it's just mm-hmm. brilliant.
4: Well, I was watching it yeah. um, as part of this um, and my partner, he, he was watching it for the first time and he was just cracking up at it and finding it <laughs> hilarious. So there's an example of someone who's never watched it before and finding it absolutely hilarious. So,
1: The, the other thing about this is that um, like, we're not told much about who Rob and Mick are in this sort of dynamic. Like we're told Rob's a stuntman and Mick's his assistant essentially and it's sort of left to that... Um, and, like, we, we we don't really know what's going on until we watch uh, the whole sketch, really.
2: Yeah, and then another actually, another piece of their merchandise that they brought out at the time was um, that video, The Devil at Your Heels. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yes. And they yeah. produced it. And it was so, like, when you watch that, you go, oh, wow, this That's is their the info." <laughs> yeah.
0: But remember, with Rob learning karate, was it karate, wasn't it? <laughs>
1: it was either Shendo Kai or Kendo Sai.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: what's Shendo Kai <laughs> or something? Is yeah. it Shendo Kai? I have not Googled that to see if that's an actual thing. Because he, he, he mentions, um yeah, it's either Shendo Kai or Kendo Sai.
3: <laughs> Shendo Kai. It's definitely Shendo Kai.
0: Uh, the order, according to Rob, of the rankings was blue, <laughs> uh, black, then yellow. Yeah, <laughs>
5: that's, that's <laughs> definitely
3: true. Yep. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's got that feel of you know that 70s stuff that they would have watched when they were kids on telly. You
1: know? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, interesting enough, earlier um that same Saturday on Channel Ten at five o'clock was a show called Stunt Masters. Mm. Um, I've, I've got I've got no other information about, about it apart from that it was on well at the same time as the Late Show. So. It hosted by Richard. Obviously, it's it's uh, it would have still been in vogue at the time of airing.
0: Wow. Might have to look that up a bit further. Uh, but at least um, this is where we started to find out how well Rob, as in shit-scare Rob, knew how to spell because... That's it's it going to be in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just tell me, ask me how to spell doubt.
2: <laughs> Go on, ask me. Yeah, classic.
0: Oh, or something in it, yeah. That'd
4: be.
2: <laughs> this script of this shit scared seems really polished like i wonder if this was one yeah. of the ones that they were going to do on channel nine and they were starting to film didn't they steal the uh, funniest home videos prize camera and go out to the car park yeah and <laughs> i I, th-
3: I think actually one of the shit scares or, or possibly more that was shot for the 1991 channel nine pilot the late late show actually ended up airing on the abc in the late show i i think that was I think someone said that in an interview or one of the commentaries or something. Yeah, that's right.
1: my. I think, I, th- I think it might have been as, like, the second ship's scared rather than the first. So, yeah, that, that, that's, that's why we're, we're not, oh, we're not really talking one... much about who Rob and Mick, the characters, are. It's sort of just yeah. left for the audience to assume.
3: It's the one where, you know, they're at the fire station going up the sort of practice fire tower. And, you know, oh, it's... Yeah. You that know, would that explain why like they're in Richmond, yeah, because yeah, that would be Channel and 9. That's, it, that's right. And they, and, you, and they look slightly younger and they look a bit different. <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure that's from the Channel 9 pilot, but mm. I could be wrong.
0: Well, straight after that was a quick little live sketch, uh, Keyboard Classics, where it was yeah. Tom and Jane playing the annoying keyboard.
4: Yeah, my 10-year-old was watching that um, just the other day while I was uh, preparing for this and she actually found it funny and so it's another one of those jokes that I think has stood the test of time and every 10-year-old can play chopsticks and fur release, I, I think, opening bars of release and that's yeah. pretty much all you can do. And I had piano lessons for five years and I still can only play that now. So <laughs>
1: <it just laughs> I, I, think, I think what I, what I like about this sketch is that uh, Tom doesn't name any of the... The songs that are on it—it's sort of just left for Jane to play them, and like we, we all know them. <laughs>
2: it's one of those ones that again, it doesn't really work great. Like again, it's got that first episode, first series thing. But there's some real funny moments in that. Like first of all, Jane's costume and makeup is hilarious. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was really pissing myself laughing at that, and then. The other thing is um, actually her and Tom have some really great chemistry. They really sort of work together as a, yeah. a duo mm-hmm. and there's a bit just right at the end when, um, you know, she says, I'm dobbing on you and he says, I'll let you give me a Chinese birth. <laughs> 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 it's like, yeah. So it's like not great, but then there's some really golden moments in there.
1: <laughs> I, th- I think also the, 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 the unexpected Tom hitting Jane with the album as well. <laughs> mm. Yeah. That, that
3: sketch, that sketch, to me, felt like something they would have done live on stage because I could imagine that sketch going down quite well in a comedy club,
1: um, or, I, or, or, or even something for the radio. It seems,
3: yeah. But yeah. I, I think you're right, Prue, because I used to pick up um, on the chemistry between Jane yeah. and Tom as well. And there was a there was a rumor which I think they in, tried to encourage slightly that Jane and Tom were like an item because you yeah. remember there was about them going off on a date to the the dogs yeah (laughs) yeah it was all
2: subterfuge (laughs) it's all
3: subterfuge to cover up for her relationship with rob yeah
4: yeah this is true
3: because we
4: at school we always thought that jane jane and tom were an item there was that chemistry in the classics as well when they were together in that on the bean bags and pajamas and and then there's this one as well and then it was only until season two that we realized the the truth and <laughs> thought, oh gosh, they've been fooling us the whole time. <laughs> yeah,
2: those bags.
0: Well, yes. Well, the next part was the first segment of Jason and Mick together for muck raking. And this is the beauty of muck raking here because it was the original launch of the little fat kid from Hey Dad joke. Yay! <laughs> but Yay! That also break down the whole. That's. Kill Todd from Neighbours.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and this uh, this aired um, on the the Tuesday prior uh, to the Saturday. Um, again, looking at Wikipedia. Well. <laughs> no, you just knew that already. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, this is, I mean, just what what actually happened on Neighbours is weird enough. So, uh, Todd, um, yeah, Todd was ultimately just dis- uh, um, trying to accept that. His girlfriend was going to get an abortion. He was trying to accept it, but couldn't. He was uh, going to. Uh, he, he takes a bus to the clinic, but the bus breaks down. Upon spotting a taxi, he runs across a busy highway to ha- to, to hail it. However, is distracted as the taxi moves off and is hit by an oncoming van. Now, he doesn't die from that uh, from being hit by the van. Um, he later wakes up in hospital after a successful splenectomy. Um, for
2: the <laughs> lay people, that's a
5: script removal and a splenectomy.
1: Wow! Um, he, he appears to have recovered and talks to Phoebe about the future and tells her she is beautiful. When he suddenly goes into cardiac arrest due to a ruptured artery, the doctors just happen to miss out on. It oh, really <laughs> no. was
4: poor medical.
1: And so, and unfortunately, he, he he dies from that. Um, but later appears in a, uh, as a spirit in Phoebe's mirror, telling her he will always be there for her. And the baby, who he says uh, will be a girl, um, Phoebe later gives birth to their daughter, who is named Hope. I can't believe oh. he appears as a spirit in a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> That's genius. Well, well, That's it, it, well, it, it, it would have been cheaper and like, wouldn't have been as much for special effects, I would think.
2: Didn't you know? we later find out that Greg Fleet was driving the van? That he was the one? No, that was Daphne.
1: And that, I, oh, I know Daphne. That was. Yeah, right. <laughs> See, I'm not, I'm not that big a, a Neighbours watcher, but I, I know that Greg Fleet killed Daphne. That's all I, that's all I need to know. Well,
0: <laughs> being in the industry that I work in for radio, I have met Todd from Neighbours a couple of times, but I actually... Wow.
1: L- <laughs> Christian Schmidt.
0: Yes. <laughs> he's actually a partner of someone who works in radio, and every time I've gone to the Commercial Radio Awards... The first time I went and I saw him from across, I think it was at the Melbourne Convention Exhibition Centre. <laughs> and I was with a friend of mine and went, Oh, that's Todd from Neighbours. And <laughs> my friend's just gone, What are you on about? And I went, He got hit. Oh, never mind. Don't
4: worry. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take too long to explain this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Christian Schmidt
2: had no shortage of stickers on the front of TV hits. <laughs> yep. Oh,
4: oh, that's cool. But I think that Little Fat Kid, um, yes, yeah, so the debut of Little Fat Kid was as uh, pretty much what made the sketch that particular segment for me because, yeah, that's mm. the start of everything. <laughs> he was in the Sorbonne ads before, <laughs> then, before then.
5: Yeah, well, I remember that. <laughs> As
4: well as Hey Dad. Oh, I remember the yeah. Sorbonne ads.
5: Mom, it's oh, yeah. mm.
2: <laughs> my turn. Yeah. <laughs> I think, but the
3: bookie, um, the bookie bit was a bit shit. I didn't like that. Mm. <laughs> Even now, yeah, that was a bit.
5: Planner, it, was, it, was
1: a, it was a little bit of filler, really. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, quite enjoyed the bookie bit because it reminded me that that was it Plain Plain Jane Super Jane at uh, Super Brain had died as a result of duck shooting. Was that was that correct? <laughs> <laughs> didn't she so nice. die in a duck shooting incident? I'm pretty sure that was an actual neighbour's plot. I I could be misremembering it. I thought
0: that was wasn't that Daphne and. Greg Fleet shot her? No. Zero. Wasn't he
2: driving a van? Oh, how many people dri- died by but driving a van? A all I remember
3: from Neighbours is that Harold was swept off a cliff, cliff. That's all yeah. I remember. And, and then he came back as his twin brother or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, here we go. Kerry Bishop was the one who died of the duck shot. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, and... I can't work out who actually killed anyway. Don't have enough time for that. It's a different thing altogether.
1: Uh, just that uh, I like the, uh, the the little insertion of um, uh, Jason driving the van that, uh, that hit Todd.
0: That and was it's, a very it's sort of, great...
1: it gets It gets a great reaction from the audience again.
2: Yeah, I love like, Jason's sort of very um, unexpected. reaction where he's like, yeah, what? I'm just, you know, running Todd over. Like, whatever.
1: So, <laughs> someone ran Todd over from Navy's, you know? <laughs> So what? It was an accident.
0: And now is the next part, which has gone down in folklore history of The Late Show, and that's uh, Tony Martin singing R.E.M.'s Stand. Yeah. Mm. Is this our oh, but, second
1: but, best bit? Although but before that, and it, this bit isn't on the best bits uh, uh, DVD, is uh, he, uh, he does, as he says, as is customary on ABC comedy programs, to pester the audience. I know, right?
2: And how much is the guy that he speaks to, whose name is Tony, look <laughs> like Tony? It's I,
3: I, 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 it amazing that he did not a say anything. Setup. Just, it's a setup. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Looks exactly like him. It's insane. <laughs> and 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 not the not the only doppelganger uh, of the evening, uh, as as we'll find out a bit later. Yeah, it's just. Although I, I think uh, uh, the the. The only reason I can think of that they might have cut it out of the DVD is that they couldn't find Tony um, to get his okay, maybe.
0: Uh, possibly, yeah.
1: But uh,
3: that- are we sure that bloke in the audience wasn't Andrew Denton? <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> uh,
3: or, or maybe um, was it Warwick Warwick Fairfax as well? <laughs> or the bloke He actually
2: the- looks like um, an old champagne comedy community member whose name I've completely forgotten, but I thought I chatted to at the... Uh, the dick liquor at the end of Get This. <laughs> so if he if he ever listens to this, <laughs> and he says, yeah, try, yeah try,
1: that was you, me try, from in the audience. If you're listening, get in touch with us uh, on
4: Facebook <laughs> So did everyone um, just basically quote the lyrics and sing the song? Um, yeah, yeah, I feel like I know it yeah. word for word.
0: Don't copy your bomb
4: and bake it. it. <laughs> yeah, that's my favourite line. Is the photocopy your and then Yeah. <laughs> And then it was just when you look at them, you think, "Oh gosh, there are some some really surreal references here." But Daihatsu Charade—that was my first car back in 1995—and I thought, oh, "Well, <laughs> that's actually a very '90s car." And um, yeah, eating tents of Larkies, then throw up on the front end of your bus. Daihatsu Charade, exactly.
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, James Rain reference with Hammerhead—that
4: uh, Hammerhead. Mm. That Hammerhead yeah. What
1: is that all about?
4: <laughs> what the hell is that about? <laughs> yeah.
3: All right, again, Ryan's I can dare. answer that
1: through Wikipedia. <laughs> okay, um, go on then. <laughs> uh, 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 Are you a little James Rayne was quoted <laughs> Sorry. as saying, um, I shouldn't make too much about the fact that it's about drugs, um, but it can be taken many ways. It was an exercise in trying to write a song about that subject, uh, drugs, uh, <laughs> but also to make it that it could be about a relationship, which I think... I you know, think I mean, James that's well, um, I, mean, I mean, that's that, that's not unique uh, uh, to many other songs that, yeah, it, you know, a, a relationship or drugs, essentially. Um, but, yeah, I, I also looked up the, the lyrics, um, partially because I've never really understood the chorus when he sings it. Because he sort of sings it. You've been... Something about
3: knocking Nice. You.
1: Wow, that was amazing.
0: He's <laughs> a little nerdy reference. Now, the background singer for that song, Hammerhead, is Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, yeah. Listen to it.
1: And she and, and she and she got, got the the line. She just had to sing Hammerhead. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's probably the only lyric she could decipher. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> well, well just, just translating that chorus back into English, he, he's singing, you've been hanging with the nicest people, hammerhead, some silken slip of evil, hammerhead. And, yeah, it's just, it's, it's very, they're very oblique lyrics. And, yeah, it could definitely be about, you know, drugs or relationship
0: or oh, anything really. But I, or a shark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I prefer sticking a strawberry slurpee up my nose. <laughs> what do you know? Uh, but, you know, it made sense comparing uh, <clears throat> it with uh, REM stand, which <clears throat> would be a huge hit to this day. It, it
1: stands up quite well. Yeah, it does. It does yeah. Now, <laughs>
0: now, this one, very, very, uh, I guess, obscure because <clears throat> all about. Uh, the next sketch is all about Brett Whiteley.
2: You, I have to say this, for me, is the gold nugget of this pro, of this whole episode, right? Because it's not on a best bit. It's never been really repeated again. And it is fucking great. I love this sketch. I don't know why. Mm. I think it's maybe because um, Santo, Rob and Tony are all incredibly hot in this sketch. I'm just going <laughs> to say <laughs> And also it's just very funny. It's very sort of artsy fartsy and you know
4: it's that whole I just love that one up and one upmanship um quote there and 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 making it into a game show. This is the precursor to the dinner party sketch I think with Rob kind of saying, "Oh, I'm of you. It's not a patch on this and I'm better than you." I just thought <laughs> it was is really clever and that kind of a little bit of a yeah, well, like, we've, we've,
1: we've never heard about how this sketch was written um but i like my my guess is that um uh, because it's about brett whiteley um like this sketch was broadcast about a month after he had passed um from an opiate overdose unfortunately and my my guess is that they must have been listening to uh, like a lot of radio national and they must have heard a lot of these rogers and nathans you know it's about you know his whole life a work of art <laughs> and just and, and just uh, just hearing this sort of crap from people in the month since Brett Whiteley passed, and you know reckoning you know that, uh, you, you must be able to make a, a game show sketch about all of this one-upmanship.
0: There's only so many yeah. times you can put up with national treasure.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
3: the the line I borrowed his lawnmower absolutely cracked. <laughs> I have to say.
2: <laughs> also, uh, it's quite rare that Rob and Tony did stuff together. And so I'm always yeah. fond of coming across those moments again because they are the, such the funniest together. And, yeah, they didn't do much material or performing together, so it's great.
1: The, the other thing I, I like about this uh, is that Tony, I think, looks the most like Griff Reese Jones in this uh, <laughs> sketch. <laughs> yeah. what, do you, what do you reckon? Is it, is totally. It a mm.
2: Yeah, agreed. Has he got that little um, weird little chin
1: yeah. That's, that's Rob. Oh, <laughs> oh, all, right.
3: all arty all men in the 90s had that little little chin triangle thing going. Yeah, on. <laughs> I think this sketch works so great because they had a really good wig budget. Yeah, <laughs> <They
0: looked great. laughs> it comes down to the wigs, that's all it really does. That's and a, and a but good I'm
1: shirt budget sure. as well. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, the only thing that, that sort of spoils it for me is that it doesn't get a, a, a good reception from the audience. Because I, I don't know if it's bad editing or, or anything, but when um, Santo, as the game show host, walks on uh, to the to the game show set, it's done in pretty much complete silence. Like there's no there's not even any recorded audience to it. So it sort of it seems like it died in the ass a little bit, at least at first.
0: Yeah. No, there, there was a few misfires <laughs> there, or it just goes directly over their heads because it's too obscure, yeah. or that people just Wasn't, weren't aware of what was going on at the time, but that was, I guess, national news really. But yeah, yeah, these things happen. That's probably why I didn't make it to the best of. So Mm. uh, speaking of the bad wigs and everything else like that, the wig, but yes, I'm sorry. I'm horrible at these little segs here because we're going to lead into the first installment of the olden days.
5: Yay. Yay. Yeah.
2: And that's what I mean, like it, you're halfway through the episode at this stage and then you get the olden days and you, 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 your head would have exploded with like, what is this? It's hilarious, you know, like it's so great.
1: And, and thankfully that, that theme song um, sort of uh, does a, a bit of the, the heavy lifting at first, I think, um, mm-hmm. especially because as far as I can tell, that first part of the theme song refers to stuff that doesn't exist because it references uh, men come from Cooper's Crossing. Now Cooper's Crossing, does anybody know what that is? Well, it it's
3: um it was from the Flying Doctors, and, and it's a fictional yeah. town.
1: Yeah. yeah. Wow. And then from from Darwin in the south.
5: Yeah. It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not in the that.
1: south. <laughs> it's not in the south. People. Wow. Um, now the the dusty plains of Innisfail. Uh, Innisfail, according to Wikipedia, is well renowned for sugar and banana industries, as well as for being one of Australia's wettest towns. <laughs> <laughs> So it's definitely not dusty. And then I, I had to quickly look, at, look this up. Uh, the, the Murrumbidgee's mouth, um, it's technically, it links up with the Murray River near Boundary Bend, which is on the boundary of near South Wales Victoria. So there's not, really, there's not really a mouth of the Murrumbidgee either.
4: <laughs> wow. I love it. I love that there's so many layers to the comedy. Yeah, who knew yeah. after all this time that we could still be dissecting all of these lyrics and actually finding the <laughs> meanings and, wow, the power of the internet. Well, <laughs> Back then all I was all I found funny was, uh, oh, that's that guy from play school. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who we don't even see in this episode.
4: No, that's right. Yeah, I was looking out for him and thought,
2: hey, he's not here. As far as the olden days go, I don't think this is a particularly strong episode. Like there no, are much funnier no. episodes. It was more. It, like
1: it, it, an it, happens, it happens well with that platform shoes Gage, though
0: that goes down the street. You know what? I never yeah. really understood that joke until years later, and when I was on the DVD, and um, I just thought it was just a throwaway line, platform shoes. Until I actually looked at his feet and realised that he's he standing me. on the stumps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! I feel so dumb. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think I think it's worth noting about the olden days that. Um, they'd done this kind of revoicing of, of crappy old TV serials before in mm. in um ninety-eight when they did Degenocide on Channel Seven. They they intercut various sketches with bits of um homicide, was it?
2: Eighty eight, yeah, nineteen
1: eighty eight. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, by by this point it was pretty much <clears throat> expected of them, really.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, because they used Rush, the A B C series, which apparently uh, the early episodes some of the masters have been lost. That's why they really haven't resurfaced or anything like that. Um, which they should really release because the bits and pieces, mainly colored versions, have appeared in A B C specials of uh Frontbottom, or well, Governor Frontbottom, which uh the actor Brendan long L- L- I can't pronounce his name. Brendan Lunny. There we go. Yeah. We got yeah. Who also created chances. Now, she...
3: <laughs> Ooh, fun fact. Bang.
0: <laughs> well, here's another one. Um, in the first episode of The Olden Days, the person who's telling Front Bottom to go to the mudfields is Ian Smith, aka Harold Bishop.
2: Yeah. Oh, oh wow. No, yeah, that would be a great I, I series. Wonder, to I watch?
1: wonder if Tony knew that because the, the, the voice that Tony does for, uh, for, for Ian is very, um, very blustery.
5: <laughs> yeah. that's movie, children.
2: i'd forgotten how much tony does of this episode like yeah, in the old days the voices, it's very sizzle town it's like it's tony it's tony but they're two different <laughs> tony, voices.
1: tony versus tony yeah, that, that, yeah. That, that's amazing that, that final scene <laughs> the, the the only sort of weird thing um, is is all, all the jokes about governor frank bonham being well Puntzi as they put it. I sort of I don't know if that sort of thing would fly today.
0: No, <laughs> it'll have a big question mark on it, that's for sure. Or mm. it will be yeah. get- mm. yeah. oh, time. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah.
0: Well after we were basically introduced to the mudfields, uh we go into the next segment, which is hosted by Tom and Jane, and that's countdown classics with the technical glitch of the opening titles not working properly. Mm. Uh, They highlighted April 1978, and that was the Saturday Night Fever Dance Competition.
3: (laughs) Wow. It looked amazing, didn't it? All the gold um, hot pants.
0: Yeah. I'm still waiting for that episode to pop up on Rage One Night and just go, oh, record, bam, and then get it in full aspect of what the heck they were talking about and see all the daggy dancing that was with it.
1: Yeah, it is really one I,
3: guy I, is, um, <laughs> this countdown so kind of classics uh, they yeah. sort, of, <laughs>
1: sort of sort of sort of like uh, looking like he doesn't oh, want to be that. on
4: camera <laughs> yes <laughs> but i just love the the, the molly stuff um I, I, you're in the course of the countdown classics and and that prince charles interview and, and all of that and yeah it was just so classic and, i I, um,
1: I also like in, in this particular episode they 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 do a quick diss to countdown revolution
5: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> which was like it was like a weekday version that they did that lasted about eighteen months or so. the The, the only thing that that I remember about Countdown Revolution is um, the episode that happened about eighteen months in, where the two hosts decided to go on strike and essentially <laughs> got fired after that.
2: They were probably getting like $15 an hour or some shit, you know, <laughs> like
1: poor guy. Well they, they 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 decided to go on strike because most of the bands and I mean th- this would have been day rigueur for old school countdown. That like everybody was minding to the tracks instead of playing live. And 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 so they they yeah basically went uh you know the the whole running order's out of the window and we're going on strike and Basically, the people in the control room just ran video clips over them and, you know, sort of you know trand them out. And uh, I, I think you can find it on YouTube. It's from nineteen ninety, but it's it's just it's amazing TV.
0: Well, they uh, highlighted all the Daggy dancing in it, and uh, but the mm. the one that went they went straight out of was the music clip of the Bee Gees where uh, they look like they were off <laughs> their face. Pretty much, mm. the <laughs> <all Yeah>. third <laughs> <slice>. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was where I was really, again, reminded of how funny Tommy G is. You know, like he's just highlighting this guy who's clearly off his face. But if you <laughs> hadn't had Tommy G pointed out, you probably wouldn't have put it together yourself.
1: Not
0: at all. He he just finds the most obscure bit and makes a mountain out of it. Yeah. It-
3: these Countdown Classics because like as, as the series goes along they spend a lot more time on the segment and the clips they show are longer and this one really feels like they're rattling through the clips and not sort of setting them up quite as much and I think they Yeah,
1: probably... it, was, it was a really quick segment mm,
0: Yeah Well, they went straight into a sketch about uh, water, mineral water, which was septic springs Ooh. and this is where Rob and Jane were together disgusting Ooh, this
4: would nothing. be their first, date. <laughs> <laughs> their first date at
1: septic springs <laughs> it's not it's not it's well, not a very hygienic looking date uh, i mean uh, jane's only line in the sketch is to spit out water really and just uh, and run off there
5: uh. available yeah i didn't really
2: get this joke but i was just you know, fascinated at Robin Jane mm. doing a sketch together. That was
4: great. I was just wondering, was there some kind of water scare? But that was the late, very late nineties in Sydney when we had uh, the cryptosporidium
1: outbreak. Right.
5: Yeah.
2: yeah, no, they do, they do, do yeah. jokes about that later or yeah. season yeah. two. I can't remember. I, I, I live in
1: Adelaide, so so you, you don't need to talk to me about that water. <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah, there was a joke yes. about the, the pineapples in season it's two. Fine, um, doesn't it deadly pineapples? It's in every third can. That was the joke about the food
1: poisoning. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, looking, looking at, at this sketch, all I can think of is the the poor props guy that had to make that disgusting-looking water to put in the bottles. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably chocolate milk or something. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's what I reckon.
3: I, I think this, um, this sketch is just a response to the fact that basically kind of late 80s, early 90s, there was this real fad for bottled water and it was the first time people had been paying for water. And there yeah. was a lot of... Is taking around, oh, my God, you're paying a dollar for a bottle of water. You can just get it from the and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, these days lots of people buy it. Or, in fact, we've kind of gone the other way with people filling up with their, you know, refillable bottles now to sort of save the environment. But Mm. but back in the 90s, buying a bottle of water was a cool thing to do, you know. I
4: actually don't remember buying bottles of water. What did people do if they didn't have any water back then? They just had a soft drink or some juice or something. I remember yeah, a I friend a, a friend in uh, Expo '88 um, went to Expo '88 and there was no nothing to drink except beer and she was 11 at the time, so her parents <laughs> had to buy a can of beer to give to her because there was nothing else for her to drink. So you couldn't even get water back then. So wow. yeah, septic springs is, is, is as you say, as you say, Alison. It's probably uh, a response to people starting to drink bottled water.
1: Yeah. It's as natural as a dose of
0: the runs. Oh, I wait, I got the sound effect for that.
1: <laughs> nice. Oh, we should have had that through the whole. Uh,
0: yeah. On called, yeah. Mind,
4: only just now hearing that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the best eight hundred bucks I've ever spent on that machine. Now. <laughs> Uh, we have the news desk uh, news desk straight up, uh, which uh, we have a, uh, oh, here we go, Tony impersonating Dr. John Hewson over the phone. Mm. Mm.
5: Oh. And, 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 and they did to make
3: him up.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was mm. like a cheap way of doing it. And was this the only time they did a second news desk? I don't remember that being a feature of other episodes.
1: Yeah, was, I'm, was, I'm not sure. Yeah. If, if if yeah it, it might have been dropped certainly later on um mm. but yeah they, they just they needed time to fill in and they thought well, well we'll do it with a couple of interviews really mm.
2: i think the one of the standout things about this episode is the it's very sort of scripted like it what i mean is it's dense of material whereas later yeah. on i think they relied more on being silly or you know stretching characters out and
1: you know, and Ho- hoping that that Graham and the Colonel could uh, run for fifteen minutes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But this one's is just like material, you know, like they've scripted this bit, and again, mm-hmm. it just feels so dense.
0: Do you remember what impression Rob was doing of Bill Clinton in this one?
4: A very good one. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh, although the oh, wig oh. was
2: wrong. Again with the wigs. They they got better with <laughs>
1: making it. The, the, the only thing that, that distracts me from, from that Bill Clinton impression is that sort of weird sort of cleft in the nose. <laughs> oh. It's it sort of weird. it's really off-putting. The bum yeah. nose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: And straight after the news desk was Mick and Tony out and about postcode from Shopping Town.
4: Mm. Yeah, I love these little postcodes, postcards. Postcards, yeah. Um, And Glen, do, do we know, know what shopping mall this is in Melbourne? Well, that's exactly
2: yeah. what I wrote down, Alison. I'm like, where was this? Question mark, question mark. I was appalled yeah. at this um, shopping town because the roof looks unfinished. It just looks yeah. like the dodgiest pile of shit. Yeah, my so, my 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 guess, my guess is
1: that it might have been going under renovations at the time. But yeah, it, there, there's a lot of exposed wiring there, which is very odd because there's a lot of like kids stuff going on around there, like you know, uh, uh, toy, you know, toy cars and toy choppers and you know, Cat in the Hat fun jazzercise show at eleven and one. It yeah, well, like I think the thing that confuses me.
2: <laughs> It's confusing because um, obviously their closest shopping centre is Southland to um, where they were filming in Elstonwick. but this is not that. It's like maybe it's High Point, or I just need to know. Or it's Northlands.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, can, can,
4: can the Mill Burnings
1: <laughs> listening get in touch with us?
4: Yeah, because you're be very I elaborate, think, uh, <laughs> very elaborate setup, and <laughs> but no, obviously not. It's, there was this I'm, funny um, just when they went into the news agent and they had the, yeah. the and they were ticking off all of the different cliches. Um, yeah. And my, my partner noticed that the obscure American hero was actually, um, he knew exactly who that was. And, <laughs> and this, this all, the All-Star and the Slam Dunk Contest in 1988 up against um, Michael Jordan. This was, um, yeah, basically. So he's like, I know all about that and I know that exactly where that is. And he looked it up on YouTube and showed it to me. So.
5: Oh, Dominic <laughs>
4: Dominique. Ah. Yeah. Yep.
5: It was funny when
2: Mick said the skeleton on the toilet is now hanging in the National Gallery.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember going through the poster racks at my nearest sort of Westfield shopping town every time we I would go there. Um and there were always loads of the, the pockets were empty. And as they're going through finding the, the things on their list, there's all these empty pockets that
1: they have to go through. Mm.
3: Yeah. Some kids get well, yeah, that, the, the timetables.
1: Yeah. The, the, the posters at the newsagent is really the the highlight of this. Like, it seems like the rest of it was pretty much improvised at the time, I, I reckon. Um, yeah. Especially that that weird footage of Mick trying to dance during the Cat in the Hat fun jazzercise show. That's the second time I've <laughs> mentioned that. Um, yeah. Like, like not, not doing much movement with a cigarette in the mouth. Oh, my God. It's just weird. <laughs> Smoking in a shopping town? I yeah. can't remember that. Like, watch it what what's your back yeah, again he's, he's he's got a fag
3: in the mouth. Yeah. No, you could do that back then. I think I remember you could still smoke in in shopping malls probably early 90s.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You could do it um, up did until 2
3: Could you? Okay. Yeah, I
0: was working in retail at the time and I remember that the area that I worked in they constantly had people coming in smoking and then once the ban came in it's like yes. This place won't sink anymore. So it was around 2000 because after that I moved on. So, yeah.
4: It's funny how quickly we forget how prevalent smoking was back back then, Mm. how everyone Mm. used to do it in planes, offices, shops. Yeah. Well, it's a better place.
3: (laughs) did, Did anyone notice the sketch where Mick is in the photo booth? And and it, it I, th- I think yeah. the joke is like he's doing a dick pic or something in the booth. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need time to get my dacks on. <laughs> he's doing a really tiny bit, and and he can sort of blink and miss that, but I just went, "Whoa, he's mm. doing a pic in the photo booth." The nineties <laughs> version of a dick
2: pic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Out of his time, that's for sure. It mm. was also
2: funny when he sort of danced off to the liquor land,
4: like. <laughs> oh, it, it just—it really did look like a fairyland,
1: <laughs> that brick wall. And <laughs> but yeah, the the the, the in in the newsagent bit—I uh, I think is really the the hero of, of the piece. Um, yeah, essentially go, uh, going through uh, the poster rack looking for seven surefire items. So, um, a poster of Marilyn Monroe, a poster of a woman on a sports car. A poster of an obscure sporting hero, Patrick Swayze, some sort of gratuitous boob fest, um, an awkwardly posed shot of a heavy metal band, and uh, the uh, the surefire one that's definitely going to be in there: the skeleton on the toilet. And uh, do do you reckon? Look, I've I've got a bit of a conspiracy theory about this. Do you think that they worked out those seven? Uh, oh yeah do do, do, do you reckon they (laughs) they looked at the rack before they shot yeah oh yeah yeah they
4: would have looked at the rack
1: damn Um, i was like there's a little (laughs) piece of me that really hopes that um that that wasn't the case
2: (laughs) all right
1: okay i mean to to their credit they they don't get even halfway through that rack and like it it only takes them about it was a one minute 14.4 seconds according to the screen (laughs) um, Until they find them all. Wow, let's
4: never ask them. So we can just um, hope that it was all done (laughs) naturally. Comedy magic,
0: yes. Well, comedy magic now is the commercial Crime Stoppers, where Mick and Santo would break down late-night ads that they discover, or viewers would submit. And in this case, it was the first one up was the medieval fair in Birdwood. Mm
4: Hooray! I love commercial so crime. So Adelaide <laughs> represent.
0: <laughs> yeah, well,
1: yeah. I, I
3: remember that ad. I I don't know if Daniel remembers the, the I mean, I've certainly been to the Birdwood Mill, and they used to have the medieval fair every year. And I think I remember seeing ads for that. I don't know if you remember those, Daniel.
1: I I never went to the medieval fair. I vaguely re- remember the the ad. Um, yeah, not not through uh, commercial crime stoppers, but yeah, when when you get an ad that starts with hear you hear you hear you in a bad in a bad property accent
3: yeah you, you, you don't tend to forget that no but I mean there were so many ads on Adelaide television and I'm sure television around Australia as well at the time which were of that level of crappiness so mm. you know, in, in many ways, the Birdwood Mill ad doesn't strike me as, as especially hilarious but you know I okay fair enough I guess maybe in Melbourne it was
1: <laughs> and and oh, it's, just it's something that's desperately missing from uh, from modern TV is the crappy local yeah, yeah. ad. Yeah, I, do, I don't. Yeah. Think you'd, you you couldn't really do a commercial, Crime Stoppers today, I reckon. No,
0: too easy. It's just too easy, uh, especially when a whole bunch of them up on YouTube and bam, you would mistake it as an actual made up video. But no, it's <laughs> legit. Ad. Yeah, you,
1: you, YouTube would really ruin a, a lot of the the Late Show. Um, uh, yeah, clip segments today. I reckon. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, the, the YouTube would completely kill. Hey, hey, it's Saturday. When you think of all the all the segments they had based on like bloopers in TV shows and and weird yep. ads, and all that, it would just kill most of their material. Oh, yeah.
0: So, especially from YouTube channels like WatchMojo would go, top 10 things that you may have missed in Bob.
1: Yeah. Well, see, I would I would probably see a, a crappy ad within the first 24 hours of it airing through my Twitter feed, probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're
3: deliberately made to kind of get attention in, in some way, and sometimes that's by being a bit crap. So, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking It's of-
3: done more knowingly these days.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well, the crappy ones are well, what became a signature... Uh, was the Demtel commercials, and this one was about the dream pillow that they. Mm. I always want to
2: know how her. bad is this dream pillow? Like yeah, I just yeah. could not get over how bad it was—a stupid air pocket thing
4: inside was, it's this lake. <laughs> It's just like one of those things you swim
3: with. <laughs> i that the car didn't crush it as well. I just don't buy it. because surely, like, it would make this amusing kind of pop noise as the car ran over the what is basically a balloon in a pillow. Yeah. There was no way they had the air pocket in that
2: pillow when the car ran over it. It's probably filled
4: with sand or something.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I noticed but that the they had a 30-year guarantee. So whoever owns a yeah. green pillow right now has two more years until that guarantee is over.
2: How <laughs> gross disgusting. keeping your pillow for 30 mm. years. That is
4: disgusting. It's actually it's weird where I work that we test mattresses and, and people were being asked how old well their mattress was. And someone had theirs since uh, the eighties. And I was like, that's oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Like We've had ours for over 30 years and it still works great.
1: <laughs> oh, great.
4: So yeah. Thinking, um, uh, yeah amazingly,
1: you've, you've still got two years on, on your, uh, on your <laughs> warranty for the dream pillow. As long as you can work out where dentil is, is this still running? Yeah. Like,
0: but it'll be under like a, I think it's under a different name or, you know, like Global Shop Direct or something like that.
1: Mm. Well, I yeah, saw. It must, um, it must have been swallowed up by some sort of multinational. People do you remember like Tim, name? the
4: Demtel Dem- man? Yeah, Tim, the Demtel man. He's, yeah. he, he's yeah. in
2: the National Press Club asking yeah. politicians real questions now.
4: <laughs> oh, he's like have you got any more for me <laughs> <laughs> but wait there's more yeah, i've got some steak knives here If you yeah. <laughs> <don't take them.
1: laughs> just just make sure you don't put them near your dream pillow that's all mm. <laughs> but
4: yeah, back but to commercial got... crime stoppers
2: is that a segment that they stopped doing in series two or did very rarely i feel like it's a mm. series one phenomenon mm. I, I think so i think so
4: i loved um, it it was so yeah. great
5: and
2: the yeah. bad
4: case of neck gap was just really <laughs> hilarious. How they were just searching in that dictionary. Yeah, the <laughs> <medical> <laughs> neck gap is. Just,
1: and and, the, and again, sort of similar to uh, to Mark Raking, um, uh, Mick and Santo inserting themselves into the commercial again. Uh, yeah, yeah. In, in, oh, in, in the just really bad
4: in. testimonials. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing. amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's it's and what's amazing is is how they haven't actually. Um, nowadays when you watch things on tv and you see testimonials that are just as bad and you think gosh haven't anyone hasn't anyone learned any acting skills in the last years yeah
0: (laughs) yeah and they wrapped it up with the preview of uh what was going to be on the next episode which was uh the Nobby's kitchens ad so you know that kitchens 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 guy
1: Dickhead, 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 dickhead. dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I had to jump in there first.
0: <laughs> but after the commercial Crime Stoppers, uh, came up the new currency, uh, or the the yeah,
3: they're really obsessed with this five dollar note, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was the first
2: plastic note, so it was no, a... no, no,
1: no. That was uh, 1988 with the commemorative bicentennial ten dollar note, wasn't it? Well, I, I, think I think circulated. Like, well, that was, that was the a first trial.
4: proper one that was widely mm. circulated, and yeah, they talked true. about the coin, which I, I vaguely remember seeing the coin. But Tony saying that he got it as change, I thought, "Gosh, you could have should have kept a hold of that one." Um, <laughs> I, I do I vaguely remember that.
2: Yeah, the the ice cream at the movies that was classic. Yeah. Class. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all I could think when I was watching this is cash. What's that?
1: <laughs> yeah, not allowed to use that anymore. That's gone. Oh. <laughs> oh gosh, we 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 haven't really talked too much about the the pandemic that that we're all in. But yeah, I mean, even with twenty eight years of of time past, it's amazing to to watch through all of this and and note uh, how much of this is sort of quaint and old fashioned.
2: Mm. but yeah uh,
1: yeah especially something as obscure as a five dollar coin
2: i think the five dollar coin was never in circulation that was just for common
1: purposes yeah
3: it was no it was it would have been a special thing issued for collectors and and they still issue these kind of special coins and you can use them as currency but
0: i do remember receiving a simpson and his donkey five dollar coin and there was a space one as well this was in the early 90s but Wish I had them now because I know they're worth a lot now. I think like Mm. five dollars.
1: Well, they're worth at least five (laughs) dollars (laughs) anyway.
0: Yes, indeed. So after when so Tony's trying to you know decipher whether the coins and the notes are confusing. He's uh quote Nan unquote and you know played by
3: Myrtle Woods of course. Let's let's not forget Myrtle Woods. Um, and she was in quite a lot more sketches, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she, she turns up quite a lot in The Late Show and, and various other projects that they did as well. And, and I think Tony actually became quite good friends with her and he attended her funeral after she died in 2001, I think. Mm. So, but, but Myrtle Woods had been in, in a lot of stuff like dating back to the 60s sort of television with Burt Newton and stuff like that. So, you know, quite, quite a prolific actress over a number of decades. So this is and probably yeah, the she's, first, she's really um, good in this as well. Mm. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. This would, she'd have to be like the first
2: instance of them sort of borrowing from that generation, which is so much a hallmark of The Late Show. You know, that's sort of yeah. harking back to the 70s stuff that they watched when they were younger. Oh, well, we imagine that Tony watched something similar, but
3: yeah. yeah. So there's, a, there's a lot of, I think, I think there's quite a lot of influence of things like The Don Lane Show in, in The Late Show as well, that kind of you know, live variety feel, if if not the actual content of the Don Lane mm. show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alas they don't come on and do their cabaret act.
0: <laughs> No, No cabaret in sports, that's for sure. And this is where we first see Graham and the Colonel for the first time.
3: Huge cheers from the audience as well when they, they're they announced as well.
0: Yeah, because yeah. we're on EON FM back in the day.
3: Yeah. yeah, they were a
2: massive part of the radio. Um, I often miss them because I'd have to get out the door. I lived in Mordialik, Um I'm sure there's a a gag there from Get This, but, um, yeah, so I'd have to get out the door to get to school on time. But my friend would always give me a relay of it, which I think is kind of better when your friend completely describes a comedy sketch for you. So that was my experience of Graham and the Colonel. But they were massive. They were, and, of course, they would do a best bits of the DJ show on the weekend so you could catch it all kind of then. And, um, yeah, Graham and the Colonel were absolutely very famous and they would do a lot of outside broadcasts of the radio show With and they'd get a lot of um, sports stars and stuff coming on that segment. So it was huge in Melbourne, yeah.
4: Yeah, because I never knew who they were before The Late Show and it was my first introduction to them and having not been a huge fan of sport at all... I thought I wouldn't really enjoy, it, but then you didn't have to know about sport at all. <laughs> <Whatsoever's> <laughs> you actually, enjoy
1: because yeah. some, some of it is also straight. sort of made up in that sort of very loud enthusiasm that um, uh, Robin Santo have. They sort they seem to really sort of turn the, the character up to eleven. I think uh, when when they're doing Graham and the Colonel, they're certainly yeah. much louder.
4: Yeah, and whenever they forget joker fluff things up and they just skim past it and then just kind of throw that piece of paper behind them it's just <laughs> you, you just you just laugh along with them it's just got
2: such a wonderful energy about it it's like because mm-hmm. i think on yeah. the commentary maybe they describe how they always sort of have these torturous friday nights where they'd write it together <laughs> and they're probably put in hours and hours of work into this script and then you know live in front of that audience and in front of the telly they would just be like what the fuck is all of this and you know
3: <laughs> throw it on them
2: they, they like, sort of
3: they take a, a huge delight in kind of trashing through their own material basically mm. they they kind of tear it to bits live and and try and make each other laugh and it it i mean in this it feels really weird watching this because again they haven't quite learned how to do graham and the colonel on the lake show yet but you know mm. you can see Kind of kernels of it, and and what it's going to become, it, it's really interesting.
2: Yeah, there's, it's like they're learning. Uh, maybe we better get a little bit more drunk next time we do this, <laughs> and also maybe labour the joke. Like, because I know that as it progressed, you know, they would really sort of stretch the dagginess out and just.
1: <laughs> they, they, they they did they did like to repeat lines in that uh, in, in this uh, section. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, they they do call themselves out too. So when they start going off on a tangent, and they go, "It's time to stick with the script or whatever," and then you know, Santo will just like pull Robin or vice versa. Mm. Uh, the
1: the the other thing I, I like about uh, Graham and the Colonel is the theme tune. They've who, whoever whoever picked the music uh, for the Late Show uh, has done an excellent job because it's yeah. it's it's very it's very sort of old fashioned, um, slightly daggy. Um, uh, theme
0: music if you keep talking amongst yourselves while I look it up I've got it. In my it it's account.
3: very it's a very kind of 1970s sports show theme music isn't it which I'm like, sure well, well, see, this is this is
1: this is the thing it's uh, the the it's a piece of uh, production library music um, from the KPM library if you're playing at home it's called Light and Tuneful that's it um, and it's wow. uh, it, it was used for the BBC's uh, Wimbledon coverage um, um, probably in the 70s, but it's it's very iconic um, um, uh, uh, usage there. Yes. Mm. And it just, it just evokes that sort of, yeah, old schoolness about sport really.
4: Mm. And then just overlays of the, the, the lawn bowls and the kind of daggy jumping up and down. <laughs> and, and, that, and that weird sport,
1: what, what the hell sport is it where a kid is running with a small tyre Tied behind, uh, dragged behind. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 never, I never understood that one in in the title sequence there. Isn't that like house sports. sports
3: day? <laughs> it, it's something that that sort of um, runners do as a to train as, as like resistance training. They'll they'll jog with like dragging a tire behind them to kind of build up their uh-huh. strength. So. <laughs> Not a real sport, but I think Prue's right. I think it also is probably quite common in school sports days because you <laughs> end up doing these silly kind of obstacle course type games, don't you? Like yeah. egg and spoon races. and Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sack race, you know, all that. Oh, the sack race. Yeah.
1: yeah. The, 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 the other thing um, that's missing uh, from this episode, maybe the first few episodes, is that wonderful um, you know, introduction, you know, tough, uncompromising. No holds barred, no beg your pardons. No beg your pardons. With episode one, it's just Tony mm-hmm. saying, and now here's mm-hmm. the latest in sport from Graham and the Colonel. It's sort of, it's it's, it's 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 not as good. That's it. That's it.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. In fact, I've got to highlight, there's one joke in it, which went straight up. <laughs> everyone said, there was, I reckon it was a unscripted joke where, I, mm-hmm. I don't remember the setup of it, but it But Santo is referring to Peter Senior. And all I've got down here is Peter Senior and his son, Peter Senior Junior.
5: Yeah, that was a great one. There was also some really
2: great um, bike material, like going for a dink. And um, Santo had all this stuff about the T-bar
1: on the bike and the
2: the sissy bar. and, and, And talking about
1: tippity running cricket. Again, to, like, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not a, a, a sports loving guy by any means, but I like it's still it's still funny to me. Yeah,
2: I wondered though that there was that material about the Sri Lankan cricket team, which I think I don't know about sport, but isn't that a legitimate cricket team now? Was it? I'm assuming yeah. the joke was it wasn't then back in the nineties. No, well,
1: Sri Lankan Well, cer- was, certainly that Lankan that it, it was probably wasn't team. as held in high regard as other. Um, countries cr- cricket teams, probably. See, so that material's
3: a bit dodgy. Always, yeah, I mean, Sri Lanka, as I remember, were always a bit dodgy. Like, they weren't very good as a team back then. They, they may well be better now. I have no idea. I don't really follow cricket. But, you know, it's a very small country. And so they, they don't have the population to draw from, like, you know, India does or whatever. So they weren't very good at cricket. And also, you've got to remember, like, at, at that time, Australia basically dominated cricket. We were the best, so mm. we
0: need more. the
3: nineties. <laughs> yeah, eighties and nineties. We were we were a very very good cricket team. Yeah,
0: yeah. And pretty much after the Graham and the Colonel wrapping up, it was the closing time, which was the, the presentation of the worst album cover back on the vinyl. <laughs> hey, <of Return. laughs>
3: Jason in this. Where Jason? Yeah, where, where's Jason? Because
1: I, I he's, he's gone missing. I, I hadn't even noticed that, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm afraid yeah. to say, but you're right. But yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was in, in muck Breaking, and that was pretty
0: much it,
4: wasn't it?
0: Yeah. But they were showing album covers such as Phil Galotter and the Blue Echoes with the fantastic testic- testicle
4: separation. <laughs> testicle <Yeah>. separation. <laughs> God, the 70s. <laughs> and then, yeah. and
1: then uh, Jane Ten. showing like J- Jane is is certainly a child of the seventies, uh, considering that that she's showing all those Ripper album covers with the the, the track listing yeah. painted on the bum cheeks. Mm.
2: And those are her personal albums. You just know
1: that. Oh, definitely, definitely.
0: <laughs> and uh, then Tom throws in the "Hi, I'm Don Lane" album just to. Rush <laughs> and Tony brings out the accordionettes. When, mm. Was that life is a? No, that was that. The, life is a is, is
1: a piano. Love is
0: no, a Yeah, that's right. Love is
1: a piano recording. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's not. You know, it really isn't.
0: <laughs> I wonder if any of those are on Spotify. Oh, I well, do. See, I'm,
1: like, I'm, I'm thinking this this would be an, an interesting game, considering that you've now got the world's music available through Spotify and Apple Music and and stuff. You could you could probably go trawling through the different album covers, trying to find something really bad in whatever's there.
0: Yeah. We've got to find some gold. Let me do some research. I've got a few records mm. around me, so I'll go and see if I can find any good bargains. And especially the high on online, I'm very intrigued by that one. Now, uh, after all the closing, they actually promote saying that episode two for next week is uh, they're up against, now get this, the... Barcelona opening ceremony the Olympics
4: yeah and so Alison you said the first episode you watched was actually the second one so that means you weren't watching the opening ceremony like well, everyone
3: else. <laughs> <laughs> I I find it really difficult to believe that I wasn't watching the Barcelona Olympics but you know I have very distinct memories of of watching the second episode of The Late Show and just falling in love with it so so clearly, I wasn't.
4: Yeah, there may have been a lull in the proceedings, and you thought, "I'm going to switch over no. <laughs> during yeah, this I mean, parade."
3: Yeah. Who who knows? I mean, you know, you've you've got to factor in the the half hour delay in Adelaide as well, which which may have been in who place. Knows. Who knows? Look, but, yeah. uh, I
1: might I'm, I might have to give a slight spoiler alert to next week's uh, TV guide, but. Um, uh, according to the TV guides then, the actual opening ceremony didn't happen until half past three Mel- uh, in the morning Melbourne time on the Sunday. Oh. Ah, so but it's but, but, but But <laughs> pre- precedi- preceding that was like preview shows and yeah. something about the torch relay and, you know, all, all that, all that um, you know, the, the, the waiting, essentially. The, as we know, the waiting is the hardest game.
0: Well, now.
4: <laughs> so they would have had to have made the most of the prime time. Yeah. during that, that time. So, I yeah, you're right. I remember the Barcelona Olympics and staying up to watch all of those Kieran Perkins things at 3am and telling my friends that I was up, I had only had one hour of sleep all all day because I was too busy mm. watching the Olympics. But what Olympics, what are they?
0: <laughs> <laughs> watch all those on YouTube. They've put them up there now because of the yeah. pandemic and to distract people. They've got the opening uh, for the last... Couple of games up on YouTube in full now, so mm. you can relive the Barcelona mm-hmm. 92 opening ceremony.
1: Wow, we, oh, we, wait, we might talking. have we, we might have to do that um, before we record the next uh, episode. Just as a bit of homework, perhaps. <laughs> 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 I thought I thought that would get that reaction. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's not not as it's not as interesting as the Late Show. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs>
0: And uh, yeah, that pretty much wraps it up with uh, all the closing credits showing the montage of the rehearsals. And then, because now,
1: the yeah. Melbourne
0: little tag on the end, which. Uh,
1: just, just just quickly, because um, sure. uh, we, we mentioned James Conson and Myrtle Woods. There was a, another uh, name in the closing credits um, that uh, that came up: Duran O'Brien. Does anybody remember where Duran O'Brien was uh, in the episode? No, mm-hmm. who's that? Um, uh, maybe uh, just as a bit of a hint, he only had one line. Hmm. Mm, right. Now, oh, and, and that, that line was, uh, Dr. Hewson, thanks for your time.
5: Oh, the kid.
2: Oh, mm. the little kid. <laughs> the kid.
1: Oh.
2: Is he now, famous now, or something? Uh,
1: I, I must admit, uh, I'm, I'm only supposing that it's the little kid because I, I did stick uh, Duran O'Brien's name into Google and the only other thing uh, that I could find... Was that he was in an episode of Blue Healers in 1996, um, season three, episode 38, called Buck Naked? Don't worry, Duran was not Buck Naked. Um, He appeared as Halloween Kid One. Mm. Okay. Um, Which must have been better than Halloween Kid Two, but. um, (laughs) Good sleeping, uh, Daniel G. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's uh, I'm I'm am supposing that he's uh, uh, mini mini Kerry O'Brien, um, and hopefully got paid well for that one line. Oh, <gasps> maybe he's Kerry O'Brien's child. Would that make sense?
0: Wow!
2: Oh yes, ah. I hadn't even thought of that. Because Kerry <laughs> O'Brien would have filmed that in Melbourne, and,
5: yeah. uh, and just, uh, yeah. um,
0: hmm. Well, mine.
1: I I I hadn't even thought of that because yeah, it was a. The, the, Maybe the, the that's of the inside gag. The 7.30 report. Yeah. Although, mind you, was 7.30 report... No, was Kerry O'Brien on the 7.30 report at that time or was that... Yeah, yep. Because I'm, th- I'm thinking the 7.30 reports were all state-based, which would have been, might not have been Kerry O'Brien. Well, well Kerry O'Brien... I don't know, now, I don't know anymore.
0: Victorian. <laughs> I know Victorian. <laughs> was Paul
2: uh, uh, Wasn't that Late Line?
0: Late Line, that's... Oh, no, but, Late the, line's the, was Kerry O'Brien.
2: No, no, that was later. Oh, well,
0: yeah. But he
1: definitely a- a- did the a- seventeen. Anyone listening, get in touch with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: we need some more ABC nerds. Yeah. I,
3: I've just um, I, I've just put Kerry O'Brien into Wikipedia, and he's got six children. So you know, possible <laughs> one of them is Duran O'Brien. Yeah, it's a. Oh, yeah.
2: Now that I think about it, that child really does have his features. It sort of looks like him. So.
1: That's,
0: okay, I'm, so maybe it is. Yeah. Mm. nicely done, Daniel. Nicely done.
1: It's sort of well. It's well. It's it was me just putting the name into Google, but uh, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I
3: I'd have I'd have thought that Jew and O'Brien is a pretty unique name, so he'd be quite easy to track down. Find him.
2: Yeah, like Piffy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a unique oh. name. <laughs> no one else called Piffy around the place. <laughs>
0: cannot wait to get up to that episode. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I guess that uh that covers the entire season one, episode one of the late show, dated July 18, 1992. And
1: uh yeah. And look how look how long we've talked as well. Good good luck
3: editing this one, Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, long, good luck yeah. getting this down to 45
1: minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, well... Good good luck if you've made it to the end of this one, listeners.
0: Yeah, I appreciate the time for like all of you for joining on this major experiment. I think it's really paid off once I start tweaking all the little bits and pieces. Seriously, thank you very much, Alison, Daniel, Kim, Prue, for wasting your time on a Saturday night, really.
4: That's oh, so it's that been we do. On, We're used to doing that on a Saturday night.
1: It? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's been interesting, it and interesting. Uh, one one episode down, thirty nine to go.
5: Looking forward to Woo. it.
1: Let's <laughs> do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then, and then, after that, who, who knows? We could branch out into other parts of the Working Dog universe. Yes. Yeah, we um, can. Do great panels.
0: <laughs> well, it is to maybe invite a few extra people on this. Podcast as well, so stay tuned. So even if you don't listen to every episode, just keep an eye out because I do have a couple of special guests lined up.
1: Just, just know that if we're um, if we're profiling pictures of you, we're probably scraping the bottom of the barrel.
0: Yes, <laughs> I
1: agree. Very obscure working dog reference. That one <laughs> does it. Does anybody remember pictures of you? Yep. Yes, I think on awesome. oh, YouTube. I think I think they they they, they came up with the, the the concept after listening to that song. I think that's about it. Yeah, I went
2: to a recording of pictures of you. Oh,
1: okay.
5: Which episode was that? Uh,
2: Sorry, can't remember who. Frank Woodley. Maybe or... uh, Arndo. Arndo. Can't
0: remember.
2: Oh, it might have been Frank. Yeah. And
0: yeah, that's interesting. Well, looking forward to covering that when we've done all the show.
1: Mm. And <laughs> and on and on that obscure reference.
0: Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining. And uh, please hit us up on Twitter. Oh, I'm going to do a Twitter plug now. TLS Champagne. Yes, it's run by us, the website, not Working Dog or any of the team, but we are associated one way form or another. They know our presence and they love us. And uh, feel free to email as well, Show at gmail.com or visit our website, Champagne comment. So uh, my name is Matthew. Thank you very much for listening and thank you guys for coming on. Thanks, Bye.
5: Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See you guys. See you. See you.